0: what is uh, already a very fun edition of the show before the show podcast from milb.com the official podcast of minor league baseball my name is tyler mon sam dykstra is in new york city sitting in front of a zoom background with a sign behind him that says we will guac your world is that a place <laughs> that you have been to and you know my skepticism about any type of uh, of mexican food in new york city how is the guac of that
2: place I, I, the, I did not choose this background. Oh, Again, I'm pointing to it on. as if it's right behind. No, no, I did, I chose it. I did not choose it for this sign. This is oh, this oh, is from oh. back in the olden days when, uh, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show, but our old office used to be in Chelsea Market.
0: Right, right.
2: In the Chelsea neighborhood of New York City in Manhattan. And I used to take the F train to get there, but I would get off in essentially what's Chinatown and I would walk into work. I'm a big like, I need time to ease into the work day.
0: And you know what they say
2: pandemic times.
0: When you want good guac, Chinatown's
2: your good like, go to Chinatown. China. Yeah. So I honestly never paid attention to this. Like this was like a rainy day. Every everything was very b- vibrant. Like I just liked the, the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's wearing a mask, as you can tell. Like it yeah, was just very
0: a, pre-pandemic.
2: Yeah. It was probably taken 2018, 2017. Um, so I just like the feeling of being out and about in New York City. And this is how I get my yucks on that front is uh zoom backgrounds.
0: Okay, I got gotcha. um, well, no, you. Well, know, we're going to have to find the place and see what the guac is like in a world where yeah, we can know, right? we'll yeah. get guac together. Um, but welcome into this week's episode of the show before the show. He is Sam Dykstra and I am Tyler Maughan. It's uh, good to be back with you. We're going to talk some minor league baseball things today as we are wont to do on this year's show about minor league baseball. Um, we have a, a really fun interview coming up uh, with Sean Aronson, who is the radio voice of the newly affiliated St. Paul Saints of AAA East, the new AAA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. Sean will join us coming up here in just a little bit. We actually just hung up maybe five minutes ago with Sean and uh, talked with him about 20 minutes after the interview ended, which uh, I think the interview was about a half hour. And that was fantastic. And that's why we uh, love talking to broadcasters because we're never, especially Sam having to deal with a broadcaster and me every week. Uh, we're never in a lack of conversation when we get broadcasters on the show. So uh, we'll hear him call out uh, who the, the St. Saint Paul Saints rival is going to be uh from his estimation and also a bold prediction about the 2021 major league season from sean coming up here uh in just a little bit but wherever you found us thanks for hanging out with us on this week's episode of the show you can get in touch podcast at milb.com uh you can also find us on the tweets sam is at sam or milb on twitter i am at tyler mon and uh give us a rating and a review and a subscription on apple Podcasts or google Play or wherever else you find us and with that Let's kick this thing off and get started on this week's episode of the show. Before the show, first things first: spring training has opened across the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League. Uh, we know that top prospects in many cases are there already. We also know that prospects who are slated for just single A and Double A seasons, low A, high A, and Double A will be moved back uh, a delayed start to those seasons to allow for social distancing and all the other uh, COVID health and safety protocols to be implemented in 2021. But As we get this Cactus League and Grapefruit League season closer and closer, some camps worth following for prospects here in 2021 per the view of Sam Dykstra. Sam, what do you got for us? Who are we keeping an eye on?
2: Yeah, so um, these are, I wrote on Toolshed 10, I'll I'll share some of them here, but there are obviously going to be some that you may be yelling about at home that might be covered in this story. Obviously, all 30 camps have non-roster invitees. We've talked about those in the past. Um, so you're you're going to be able to find a prospect or two in every camp that is interesting in some fashion. But uh, a couple of ones that stand out to me, uh, we'll start with the Chicago White Sox. This is kind of like the last gasp of the White Sox farm system in a way. Uh, they have the big four, as I call them, between Michael Kopech, Nick Madrigal, uh, Garrett Crochet, and Andrew Vaughn. The, there's two that I'm watching in particular uh, this spring, although you could say for all four Madrigal's coming back from, I think, shoulder surgery. Uh, He should be good to go. He should be their opening day second baseman. Michael Kopech opted out in 2020, uh, had Tommy John surgery before that. Is he going to figure into the rotation? We'll see. Want to check in on his health and his ability. But I'm mostly focusing on Andrew Vaughn, who has a real chance to win the DH spot uh, for the White Sox. The White Sox have an opening there. Andrew Vaughn typically plays first base. It Sounds like he played a little bit of the outfield in third base. Uh, at the alt site last year, just because they were trying to get some versatility out of him. Uh, but just, he, he's mostly going to play first base. Jose Abreu was there, the reigning AL MVP. Not a lot of room for Andrew Vaughn, but they do have an opening at DH. And Vaughn would fit, fit that hole quite well. Uh, his hit tool is plus to plus plus. The power might be just as good for him. Uh, he could help them on, on opening day, no d- doubt about that. And the White Sox, Chasing the Minnesota Twins in the AL Central. Uh, you know, we don't know what, what Cleveland is going to be uh, to the Francisco indoor trade. They're going to need as much talent as they can get. They've made some strong moves this offseason. Adding Andrew Vaughn, I think, would be a big step. Tony La Russa kind of teased us the other day, saying that Andrew Vaughn is tied for first in the DH race, uh, but he's tied with many other people, which does not help us whatsoever. So we'll be keeping a close eye on Andrew Vaughn how he's able to do in the Cactus League and kind of force the issue there. And also Garrett Crochet sounds like they're actually really considering sending him back to the majors after he debuted last year, straight from the draft, no minor league experience for Garrett Crochet. Uh, the heater is really tough to face for him. He's kind of your, your fastball slider type, but the velocity is absolutely major league ready. Uh, I would still like to see him become a, a starting pitcher, but Hey, if they think the gas is going to work, in a relief role right now and maybe you expand him as the season goes along and he moves into the rotation in june or july or august or something like that that's fine uh, but again keeping a close eye on how they handle things with him uh, this spring some of the other ones uh, real quick that i'll be keeping an eye on for sure the seattle mariners uh, it has been a week for the seattle mariners um, maybe we should have led the show with that, but it was a couple days ago. The news is a little bit stale. Um, Tyler, I know you and I kind of went back and forth on Twitter about this a little bit. Uh, team president, Kevin Mather came out with, uh, comments speaking to a rotary club of all places, uh, about several of the club's top prospects in the case of Jared Kelnick, saying that they offered him a six-year extension. Uh, and if he turned it down, that they were probably going to keep him in the minors for a little bit longer. Uh, same for Logan Gilbert. Uh, who Logan Gilbert had been mentioned as a legit opening day rotation spot member. We'll see where things stand on that. And then oddly threw in there that Julio Rodriguez's English isn't very good. If you've listened to the show for a while, you know, that's not true. We had Julio Rodriguez on the show last
0: 25 minute interview, by the way, which was
2: fantastic. Like
0: he roasted us. He was hilarious. Uh, He was very uh, engaging. Everything about that conversation uh, I would never have thought, oh, a high level major league executive will just throw this kid under the bus and say his English is, quote, not tremendous.
2: It was, it was tremendously disappointing for somebody who is as fun for the game as Julio Rodriguez is and who has a YouTube show on the Seattle Mariners page. Like yep. they they have been trying to promote him uh, because he is fun. He knows who he is. There's a great story that came out today that uh, Ichiro Suzuki is in camp as kind of an instructor for the Mariners and was throwing BP and threw a couple pitches away from Julio Rodriguez and Julio Rodriguez yelled back at him. What are you afraid of me? And it, it's just like, I love that story so much. It tells you so much of who J-Rod is and how much fun he has with the game.
0: It's also um, um, between Jerry Kalanick, Julio Rodriguez, um, some of the other guys uh, in that organization, it's uh very much a perfect encapsulation. Marco Gonzalez was the other one who really stood out of how you cannot be a boomer who battles millennials or Gen Z through social media because those yeah. guys had more dunks uh, than, than Jordan in the contest. And, uh, and it was pretty impressive. I was, I was into all of them. Marco Gonzalez's Twitter bio now says, quote, very boring, unquote, because that's how he was <laughs> described. Uh, Julio Rodriguez was fantastic through all of it. Um, those guys handled themselves very well.
2: And one thing I really appreciated too, is that this is very clearly between them and the organization. They all, all everybody in this group has tweeted out like, Hey, Mariners fans, I appreciate you guys a lot. This yeah. is not between me and you. Yep. Um, because Mariners fans to their credit have reached out to these players and be like, Hey, listen, we want you here. We want you up as quick as we can. Um, we want you ready and, and building the next contender in Seattle. So it, it we should mention. I don't think we've said this yet. Mather has resigned now. Right. That's that's one domino to fall. Um, how he he says he didn't speak for the organization. He was a team president. Of course, he was speaking for the organization. So and has
0: been with the organization for 25 years, I think.
2: Right. So there's going to be a lot of fallout from his comments, even with him gone. Um, how they handle Kelnick now is going to be fascinating. Um, how Julio Rodriguez is going to be able to channel those feelings into this spring is going to be really interesting. There's many storylines to follow here, but, um, you know, let's get one thing straight. This is a very talented group of prospects. Uh, All guys who are knocking on the door, all guys, we got very positive reports on based on their time in Tacoma. J-Rod suffered an injury that kept him out for most of the time, but he is a top six prospect in baseball for a reason. Um, So keep a close eye on, on the Mariners and how they respond to everything going on there. And then of course, Tampa Bay Rays, Wander Franco is in major league camp. I didn't mention this in the story. I wish I had, so I'll correct that now. Uh, He was playing Dominican winter ball. He was somebody who we were keeping an eye on almost every night and seemed to be going okay, but suffered a biceps injury. The the Ray, he seemed like he wanted to keep playing. The Rays shut him down very understandably. Um, Don't want him getting hurt just playing you know, winter league uh, ball, which is not affiliated with the Rays in any way. Um, so he's back this spring, seems to be a full go. Randy Dorena still technically a prospect. So we, we still got to keep our eyes on him, how he can follow that crazy, crazy postseason run. And then so many other pieces in that race system, how are they going to fit? Um, Vidal Bruhan's knocking on the door of the majors, but he's got to find a spot uh, with Franco and Willie Adamas at shortstop. And Uh, Brandon Lau at at second base maybe he sees some center field We'll, we'll see how that goes but check out the story for more of these farm systems we'll be keeping an eye on but those are three of the big ones for sure.
0: And uh, our next topic, not nearly as uh, fun of a conversation. Unfortunately, injury news already uh, across the game of baseball among some top prospects. Uh, The news today, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 24th, the top prospect in the Minnesota Twins organization, Royce Lewis, the shortstop. He'll miss all of 2021 due to a full tear in his right ACL. Uh, He was suffering from some soreness on intake testing, uh, underwent the uh, exam, and it was discovered that the ACL was fully torn so Royce Lewis who is still just 21 years old uh, he'll miss the entirety of this season Um, in the New York Yankees organization uh, Clark Schmidt will be shut down for a month uh, with an elbow issue and this is obviously the time of year where some of these stories pop up but it never makes them any less of a bummer
2: yeah I I tweeted this the other day but baseball returning means the return of baseball injuries Uh, and Royce Lewis's wasn't quite that Clark Schmidt's definitely was Uh, but it is just such a It's such a bummer that after so long of talking about like we can't wait to see these guys again and clark schmidt we did a little bit with the yankees last year but royce lewis we didn't he was at saint paul at the alternate site Um, really somebody who could have used a full 2020 after he had a down 2019 followed by winning the mvp award in the arizona fall league was really interested to see how he was going to do the reports were were fairly strong for him coming out of the alt site but again we were going to need to see him this year and see how the hit tool looked and and whether he had put 2019 in the full rear view mirror. Now we're going to get to a point where we're going to still be talking about him as a prospect in 2022. And not only that, it's going to be somebody who hasn't played an affiliated game in two years. What is he going to be after that? Now guys can overcome injuries. Kyle Lewis just won the AL rookie of the year. He had some major knee injuries earlier in his career, um, overcame those and, and seemed okay with Lewis a big draw for him is the athleticism. It is the the plus to plus plus speed tool. So, what is that going to be like coming off major reconstructive surgery? We won't know until next year. Uh, that's a major bummer for Clark Schmidt. He's shut down for a month. Um, that's basically going to take him out of the running completely uh, for a Yankees spot, either in the rotation or in the bullpen. Uh, that's a real downer. Doesn't sound like it's any more worrisome than that. Not like you know an eight. Uh, See, Altair is going to pop up or anything. It sounds like structurally it's okay, it's just worrisome right now, and they don't want to push him too much. Uh, he even admitted he might have been going too hard too early. Uh, it's all part of the learning process as a young pitcher, you have to know to ease into the season. Uh, There is some pressure on being a young pitcher in big league camp like that, especially one who got a small taste of the majors and you want to expand that out and show you're ready to go early, but easing in is the best way and to avoid these injuries. And that's something Clark Schmidt learned now, and I'm sure it's something he'll take into spring training's future for sure. And uh,
0: for our opening segment today, that will wrap this up. Uh, We've got more fun topics of Twins conversation coming up next. The Royce Lewis news is a big bummer, but a piece of exciting news in the Minnesota Twins system is the addition of the St. Paul Saints to the minor league mix. Uh, for the Twins is their AAA affiliate in 2021 and beyond. And really excited to talk with Sean Aronson, the Radio Voice, the Director of Broadcasting and Media Relations for the St. Saint Paul Saints,
3: who joins the show coming up next. This past year has shown us that without your health, you have nothing. If you're not well, you can't work, look after yourself, or take care of your family. You can't enjoy the life you've worked so hard to build. That's why you need to prioritize taking care of your long-term health today, before it goes from good to bad to worse. So invest in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early before it's too late. And catching them early could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. Everyone's health history is different, which is why Forward doctors personalize a health plan with you based on your genetics, lifestyle, and biometrics to achieve long-term results and ensure nothing gets missed. It's time to invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Go to GoForward.com today to protect your future health. That's GoForward.com. GoForward.com.
0: New franchises joining the minor league baseball landscape in 2021 and one that I think is uh, arguably the team that people are most excited about is where we find our guest for this uh, latest edition of the show before the show podcast the director of broadcasting and media relations for the St. Saint Paul Saints the longtime kind of independent ball legends uh, who uh, joins the show today Sean Aronson Sean what's going on man it's good to talk to you.
1: How much. You said longtime legend, and I, I heard that for me instead of the single saying. Absolutely, Saint Paul I, that's I, totally I heard how Long-time I'm legend, Sean Aaronson. That's that's what I'm going to start calling myself from now Bingo. on. Bingo,
0: that's your new title. We were talking that's about right. titles. Now you can just be just strike out director of broadcasting. Longtime legend, Sean Aaronson. Nice. There you be. go. <laughs> um, well, welcome, man. This has been, I would imagine, an insane last six months, eight months, however long the conversation's been going on. Um, we are now at the doorstep. Of the first affiliated season for the St. Saint Paul Saints. For those who are not familiar, the Saints, longtime independent franchise, twenty-plus years in existence now, a couple different leagues, um, and have always been kind of the team that's been, I think, most on the radar of the the fans of minor league baseball who don't necessarily know a ton about the indie leagues. They know the St. Saint Paul Saints. This year, with the restructuring, the Saints are now the AAA affiliate of the Crosstown Minnesota Twins, essentially, um, in a partnership that just makes all the sense in the world, Uh, it seems like for those of us outsiders. If you could encapsulate what this has been like since you first started hearing, oh, there's a possibility this is really going to happen. What has this last six, eight month, however long stretch been like for you?
1: It, it it's been crazy, right? Everybody has wanted to know since uh, you know JJ Cooper came out with the article, what October of two thousand nineteen, right? Uh, mentioning the St. Paul Saints' is, uh, potential for you know minor league affiliation. And, and to be perfectly honest with you guys, and, and this is the truth, like we were never approached at that time. We didn't say, hey guys, look at us. Like this came out of nowhere. And I remember the flood of phone calls I got in October of 2019 from our local media. Is this true? Or are you guys going to become an affiliate? Is and I mean it was unbelievable. And it then it just went through the ebbs and flows, right? Like every time a new article came out and mentioned us, people thought it was going to happen. And so the media would jump all over it again and just kind of went back and forth. And then I would probably say, I think the announcement was what the first week of December, I think that the final like 30 days of that, uh, was unlike anything I've been a part of in my 21 years in this business, because everybody wanted the scoop. Everybody wanted it. And, and, you know, I've been here for 14 years. Nobody cared about any scoop from the St. Saint Paul saints before that. Nobody, nobody was beating down my door, wanting to know these things, trying to like sidle up to me and, and, you know, Hey, here's a, here's a few hundred dollars. Let me know. I'm kidding. No one bribed me with any money, but um but seriously that that's the way it was and then uh someone leaked it all i will say it was not us that leaked it and uh lavelle neal of the star tribune was the one that had it before everybody i think like a week before it was actually official uh and then it became official and and it was it was great i mean look it's you're right it makes all the sense in the world Uh, i will say this i think i either have to quit or be fired because i've been asked for 14 years when the twins and the saints would partner up and i said I will be long gone by the time it ever happens. So I think I I now have to step aside because it has happened. uh, And I think my time with
2: the saints is officially done.
0: Well, now you have a new title to move on with. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Got that problem solved.
2: (laughs) That's right. Well, you kind of got into, like, the public perception of yep. this is, like, when the public found out. But internally, as a front office, like, when did it feel real to you guys? Like, this is really going to happen.
1: I would say it picked up steam when the Twins utilized CHS Field, our, our ballpark, for their alternate site. So whatever that was, uh, J- July, I think it was, uh, late June. That, that's when I thought, wow, th- this has a lot more legs than I thought. They, they're utilizing this ballpark. They've got a chance to check it out. Uh, they can see how it works. Not, not just the field of play, but everything behind the scenes and all that. Um, you know, I, and then probably, I don't know, towards the end of the major league baseball season uh, is when I started to hear internally. Again, it wasn't really public that the talks were, were moving pretty fast, but it wasn't until about early November that I, I knew that this was pretty much a, a done deal. Now, again, I say that, but everybody has to remember major league baseball needed to sign off on this. So regardless of the fact that, uh, the saints and the twins were like, Hey, we've got a deal in place. Major league baseball needed to sign off on this. Uh, and and you guys know as well as anyone major league baseball is very unpredictable. So it, it was not, I didn't feel comfortable until the twins said, Hey, we can set a press conference now. That's when I was like, all right, well, I guess it's done because we're not going to have a press conference if it's not officially done.
2: And, uh, yeah, just it, operationally, like now you guys are getting ready for a season as an mm-hmm. affiliate. Now you have an official partner with the Twins, somebody, again, you worked with at the alt site. There's some relationship there already. Um, but just how how different right now is, is preparing for a season? Let's compare like now to 2019. 2020 was its own thing. Mm-hmm. I know you guys actually played, but preparing for a regular season, like how is, is thing, are things just so different for you guys right
1: now? To, to be honest, it's, it's not different at all, right? I mean, baseball, a baseball season is a baseball season, whether you're independent or affiliate. Uh, I was fortunate uh, 03 to 06 to have uh, been the broadcaster, media relations director for the Fort Myers miracle. Uh, the twins high a affiliate at the time. Now they're, they're low a affiliate. Uh, so I've gone through this before our general manager prior to me going to Fort Myers was the GM in Fort Myers. So uh, I think he and I are the only ones that have been a part of Affiliated Ball. But to be very honest, th- there's no difference, right, th- other than our season now starts in April in Minnesota. So, you know, hold on to your hats for that one because uh, it- it's not going to be warm, I promise you. But but outside of that, th- there is no difference. You put together a promotion schedule. Um, you know, you you put together a program. You-, you sell tickets. You do all the things that you would normally do. There really is no difference except we've got – six less weeks than we usually did to get ready for a season you know again our season starts uh, April 6th and uh, it, and it would usually start mid-may i think the
2: American association this year starts like may 18th or something
1: so it's six weeks earlier and that that's the only difference and and for this year specifically right the announcement wasn't until december so we actually had even less time normally you, you'd know your, your season ends in september you'd start focusing on the the next season the day after well we couldn't do that until december so our, our window is just much shorter this year and there's a lot of other things that you have to take care of the licensing agreements and uh, you know, new website and uh, you've got to get on, uh, you know, MLBs uh, stat site and, and learn all that sort of stuff. So there is a learning curve that, oh, that we're all going oh, through right fun. now.
3: Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy that learning <laughs> yeah. process. It's yeah, fun.
1: for sure. So, and I've, uh, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm knee deep in learning this as well. I'm not going to be the official score, but I wanted to learn how the system worked in case my guys uh, had some trouble, um, you know, between you, me, and and uh, and the lamppost. I already had access to the uh, the stat site of, of Major League Baseball because oh. I've had plenty of interns that Our are stars. out there. Yes, that's right. I know. I cracked in there. Um, but, you know.
0: Cracked into the mainframe, like a 90s right. cyber comedy.
1: That's right. Uh, so, again, there's really not much of a difference. We're we we're ready to go. I, at this point, it's just a matter of finalizing a promotion schedule because, again, that's what we're known for. That's what Minor League Baseball is all about.
0: Well, and I think that is the perfect segue to what I wanted to to ask you about, which is so many people know about the Saints and they know Mm -hmm. about Bill Murray and they know about the vet connections. They know about, um, I think in recent years, a lot of people know about the ballpark too. Um, I'm pretty good friends with uh, another Saints legend, Todd Van Steensel, uh, who uh, played for you guys for a couple of seasons and, and used to just talk about how it didn't feel like indie ball at all because, you know, the, the knock on indie ball, of course, is the, the facilities are, are a little bit lower tier and promotions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a different form of baseball and not to say it's better or worse, but it's different, especially for guys who are just out of affiliated ball. But on the, the on the saints side, it always seemed like that's that Island out there that if you're going to be playing in indie ball, everybody wants to be on that Island. When you are, are talking about the saints to people who don't necessarily know about them, What is it that makes the St. Paul Saints who they are as a franchise? And what are our people who love minor league baseball, you know, twins fans who've been going to AAA games in Rochester or wherever else, what are they going to fall in love with, with the saints?
1: Well, look for the first time ever, we're going to have a cross section of fans, right? You're going to get the diehard baseball fan that probably never checked us out because they want to see the twins of tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, as, as we're talking today, a potential uh, Saints player, Royce Lewis right. done for the season. So that that's unfortunate, but there, there I think there's going to be plenty of top 10, top 20 prospects that are playing for the Saints this year. That That's first and foremost, but the promotion side of things, look, the, the Saints did it first before anybody else. Like they put promotions for minor league baseball on the map back in 1993 and they took it to another level. And look, there are plenty, and I mean plenty, of minor league baseball teams across the country that do a darn good job with their promotions. And I watch from afar, and I see what they do. But when you're first, all eyes are on you, right? Uh, You know, the the Teslas of the world, right? There are going to be plenty of companies that are going to do electric vehicles, uh, you know, down the road. But Tesla was first, and so everyone's going to always watch them. And I think that's what it's like for the St. Paul Saints. So I think that we are afforded a a lot more rope to uh, be irreverent and humorous. We can get away with a few more things that maybe some other clubs cannot because they don't have the St. Paul Saints name in front front of them. But with that said, it is hard, and I mean very hard, when you're the bar. And and maybe this sounds very egotistical of me, but so many people look to the Saints and say, well, what are your promotions going to be like this year? And we have to top ourselves. That's hard to do. That is difficult. Like, I I likened this the other day when I was talking to someone to Saturday Night Live, right? They've been around for, what, 40 years? And they are the gold standard. But they're not funny every year, right? They they go through ebbs and flows. And I think that that's how it is for us. Some years, we hit, you know, perfectly. And we've got three or four, four promotions that absolutely get national attention or humorous. And there are other years that we just were happy if we can get one. And sometimes you don't get any. Does that mean that we've changed or we're different? No, it just means you go through the ebbs and flows of, of how humorous you are. And that's that's really what it is.
0: I think that's a perfect analogy too, the, the SNL analogy. I yeah. hadn't really thought about it that way, but it really is. Um, it's it's interesting because you guys coming over and I know uh, Benjamin Hill and his story yep. uh, about the Saints coming over kind of touched on this as a theme that there's almost a, a streak in there of like, well, they're the they're the renegades. They're the outlaws. And now they're coming in under the mainstream tent. What is the feeling? um, I mean, obviously this is so exciting for you guys as a, as a franchise, as a front office and all that. Has there been anything in the, in the saints community of like, well, now what's it going to be like? I mean, now it's part of the the major league baseball umbrella and it's not sort of that renegade atmosphere. Has there been any of that reaction to the news?
1: Yeah. I'm going to have to make a shirt that says we will not change because Uh, it, look, that, that's the biggest thing. And, and again, part of it is most people in the Twin Cities have never been to another minor league ballpark before. So they don't realize this goes on everywhere. And again, I just think that, that we do it a little bit better than everybody else or that we were the first. And so again, we just get more notoriety. We won't change. Like I'm gonna scream this from the highest mountaintop in Minnesota, which is not very high. Like we don't have mountains here, but um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna scream it from, from wherever I can to let people know that we're not gonna change. But it's also up to us to prove to people right when they come to the ballpark uh, on April 6th uh, that that we haven't changed. That that they, you know things are not different. Um, and, and so I just we just gotta keep telling people that until they believe us and until we prove that but but we won't and mike feck has said it to to, to us internally i don't think this is public i'll just say it on on your show for the very first time nobody's listening that's fine he wants us to get in trouble right <laughs> he wants us to go so far outside that like major league baseball is like why do we let these bozos in you know what what's going on here and and i think that's the mentality that we have is like we want to push that envelope and we want to prove to people that we haven't changed Look, I'm just going to say this. Mike Veck and and Marv Goldklang and Bill Murray own other minor league affiliated teams, right? They own the Charleston River Dogs. They right. own the Hudson Valley Renegades. When I was in Fort Myers a thousand years ago, they owned the Fort Myers Miracle. We did promotions, poking fun at everything, including Major League Baseball. When I was in Fort right. Myers, it was one of the years was when Sammy Sosa was caught with a cork bat. We did a cork bat Uh, giveaway where we gave away 505 mini cork bats because that's how many home runs he had at the time where we put wine corks on the top of mini bats and gave them away that was poking fun at major league baseball right so teams have done these things before it's not like and and if you think look we were invited to this party we didn't ask to be a part of this party you invited us you knew what you were getting yourself into if you think we're going to hold back no chance no chance Because the front office that comes up with these ideas and Mike Vec and and all these people, we are still the front office. We are still the ones that come up with these ideas. It's not like the twins are coming in saying, hey, we're going to put our stamp on these promotions. That's not the case at all.
2: Yeah, and that kind of ties into another quote that stood out to me from Ben's piece, which was, uh, you know, the, the Saints were kind of, they were saying, we're not going to lose our independent affiliation unless everything is right." Now the restructure is a big opportunity for for that, yep. you know, for that to be right. Obviously, but what else about this situation, other than just the twins being eleven miles away, what was right about this time to make this happen and make this? To,
1: to be honest, I think it's the only way that it got done. Right, like we weren't going to become the affiliate of the the Tigers or the Royals or you know any other team in the in the Midwest. It just, that just wasn't going to happen. There was one way this happened. And that was if we were the AAA affiliate of the, of the Minnesota Twins, that or whatever, an affiliate of the Twins. I don't want to say just AAA, but an affiliate of the Twins. And I just think it, it became the, the right time, because I think, I honestly believe this. I think baseball is ready for this. Uh, Major League Baseball is ready for this. Uh, you know, minor league baseball as a whole has, has already done a great job. But we've reached a, a point in time, and Mike Vec has said this, where, where things are just so serious. Uh, you know, we're, we're going through an awful thing right now in, in this world with a pandemic. Like, we need levity in, in our lives. And our, our general manager, our executive vice president, general, general manager Derek Scherer said it perfectly. I thought he said this perfectly during the uh, press conference. He said, Everybody wants to say that it's the St. Saint Paul Saints going over towards. Uh, the quote-unquote dark side to to Major League Baseball. But let's give the Twins a lot of credit. Maybe they're moving closer to the anti-establishment than we are to the establishment, right? It doesn't have to be that we're going that way and we're quote-unquote selling out or whatever. It can be that the Twins have recognized what the Saints have done. They've gotten a front row seat since 1993, right? They've seen exactly what we've done. And if you had asked anybody in 93, 94, 95, if this was ever going to happen, no chance, zero chance. Like the, the twins and the saints did not get along for a number of years, but as uh, you know, the Terry Ryans of the world, the Billy Smiths of the world uh, got into that organization uh, and you know, they started working with, with us in Fort Myers. And then Derek came over here from Fort Myers to St. Paul Um, me coming here to St. Paul had nothing to do with this, I promise you, but, um, but, but you, you got to, to really know those, you know, people over there and they got to know us that this wound up happening because there is, there is legitimate mutual respect on both sides. If there wasn't, this was not going to happen. Um, and now look, we're, we're in a honeymoon period right now, right? This is great. Everybody's happy. And, um, you know, we haven't played a game yet. We haven't done anything to, uh, besmirch anybody's name there are going to be bumps in the road, right? You, you cannot have a relationship like this without, you know, the twins like just putting their hand over their head and shaking their head and being like, Oh, what's going on. But, but again, everybody, everybody knew what they were getting themselves into. And I think that the twins looked at it as this is beneficial to us because they're 10.6 miles away. We can, guys can live here. And, and we can bounce them back from AAA in the major leagues. They don't have to take the, the flight from Rochester or any other place. They can live in the twin cities, um, but you got to give to get right. So they got that. And in return, they got to kind of give the fact that their AAA ball club is uh, going to try and make headlines with some crazy stuff.
2: Yeah. And speaking of that crazy stuff and go back to what you said before about maybe being the bozos. And I mean, that word yeah, as yeah. warmly as I can be. Yeah. You know, flashing. flashing. To the present, we are in two thousand twenty-one. We are in a you know pandemic still. Uh, we were talking a little bit off mic before about how you guys did play last year. You did have a little bit of a crowd, a cap at fifteen hundred. Hopefully, we're going to get here. You know, to by the end of the AAA season, where you guys can have a full park again. But how are you guys looking at being creative and keeping that bozo side, but also having to work within those parameters of limits on on attendance and you know working in pods and all that kind of stuff that you know the the restrictions that 2021
1: brings. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it changes the overall promotional nights that we do that we can have fun with. You just, you do it in front of a, a smaller crowd, you know, uh, on, on most nights. I look, I, I don't believe that by the end of this season, we'll be playing in front of a full capacity ballpark. I just, I don't see that happening. That's just, that's me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I have no medical background, no nothing. Um, but I just don't honestly believe, I think most, parks, if you can get to 50%, I think they'd all sign up for that right now. Um, I think we're 2022 before we play in front of full full ballpark. But uh, again, uh, I I come from the Florida state league where, you know, when Fort Myers, we were the third best drawing team. And I think we drew like 1600 people, right. that was the third best drawing. So it it shouldn't matter if it's one people or, you know, over 8,000, like we, we draw on in a normal year, your goal is to make it seem like it's opening night every single night and that people are coming, every single person in the ballpark's coming for the very first time and you're trying to make a mark on them. Because if you're not doing that, you're doing your fan base a disservice. And so you've got to go all out. It might be hard, right, to to create that energy. Like everybody feeds off the energy when you're playing in front of 8,000 plus people. Promotions feeds off of it, the broadcast feeds off of it, the players feed off of it. You have to contrive your own emotion uh, and, and get that from whatever it is—1,500 people, 2,000, 2,500, whatever it is—you got to dig deep, and, and you have to, you know, present the best entertainment possible for those people. And then they're going to go out and tell people. And then when ballparks do open up full capacity, we're going to reap the benefits from it.
0: Right. Sean, a few more for you and we'll get you out of yeah. here. I got to ask you uh, as a broadcaster and a guy who's spent time in, in affiliated ball in the past and um, all this time through indie ball. Now, all of a sudden, you're a you're a triple A broadcaster uh, who gets to work at the top level, of the minors. And um, that's got to be so cool to now know, you know, it's obviously the the news today with Royce Lewis is tough, but the fact that you've got talent like that, that's going to be coming through. You'll get to go to all these other destinations uh, across AAA and see all of that town. How cool is this for you, um, in a personal sense, to now be on this this platform in this location? To know that you know your listenership now uh, grows widely in size because people are going to know. Oh, these are guys that I'm going to be seeing at Target Field real soon. I can flip on this station, hear them over uh, in St. Paul. How cool is that for you as a broadcaster?
1: Look. All of us broadcasters have egos. If you think I had an ego before, could you imagine what it's going to be like now as a AAA bro? I mean, I'm, t- no. I uh, deal with
2: Tyler every week, who is a broadcaster. <laughs> like, I,
0: I
1: know fully well about Oh, egos.
0: thanks, Sam. Yeah. It's we'll, true, talk
1: though, like, we'll talk about uh, it later. Let's talk about your issue. But it's true, right? You, you're, you're not a, a broadcaster if you don't have some sort of e- an ego, whether big, small, or, or, or in between. Uh, you know, I've joked that I've I've been a broadcaster for 20 years. All it took for me to get to A was... Uh, you know, waiting 20 years and for someone else to pay my way to get there. So, you know, that's all it takes. Uh, And I appreciate everyone coming to my TED talk because that's exactly what it will be. Uh, You know, it's 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 one of those things that when I was in Fort Myers and I I thoroughly enjoyed my time, I don't think I appreciated it for what it was. Right. I, I had spent two years in an independent league before that with a with a god awful team that's no longer in existence in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, and then I went to Fort Myers and it was different and it was better, but I don't think I, I quite understood uh, what it really was. I'm, I'm much older. Uh, I'm much wiser. Uh, I get around a lot slower now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I fully understand and appreciate what this means. And I understand the work that needs to go into making the broadcast the best it c- can be, because you're right, there are going to be more eyes and ears on our broadcast now And you got to come to the table prepared, you have you cannot mail it in. You you can't just, you know, throw an inning aside, you you can't do that. Because my goal is the same as everybody else's right. It's the same as these AAA guys, you want to get to the big leagues. And with more eyes and ears on me, there's no better, you know, demo than people tuning in and listening to live. And if you're going to mail it in, you may blow your chance.
0: What are you going to miss about indie ball? I know the, the realm of independent ball is so different. Um, You know, people talk about the, the road trips and the, Mm. and the money and the food and all of that and affiliated ball and indie ball. Um, It's a, it's a whole different game. What stands out about maybe the stuff that you won't miss immediately. Cause I would imagine it'll probably be a little bit nicer set up uh, going forward. But when you look back 10 years from now on your time uh, with the independent version of the saints, what are the things that are going to stand out?
1: Yeah, d- despite being born and raised in Southern California, I'm not snooty. So I didn't, the, the ballparks and the hotels didn't bother me if they were, uh, you know, below uh, five star. So uh, it, it's okay. E- to be honest with you, the one thing that I'm going to miss the most, and, and if there were 100 things that were a part of this partnership, there were 99 positives and one negative. I spent the last 14 years with the same manager, George Samus he was our manager for 18 years and was with me for, I knew that guy inside and out. I knew exactly how he liked his stat packs. I, I knew uh, when he would show up to the ballpark. I, I knew I, I played therapist for the guy on the, on the bus and, and I didn't have to say anything. He just, he just would talk and vent and, you know, and I just, you just sat there and you listened to the guy. Um, but at the same time, he would ask me about lineup choices. Not, not that he ever took my two cents, but he would bounce ideas off of me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God lo- love Toby garden And he seems like a great guy. Toby garden never is coming to me to ask me for lineup advice <laughs> uh, for the AAA affiliate of the Minnesota twins, right? He's never coming to do that. Uh, George allowed say,
0: one time when I was in the Carolina league, uh, we had a, a manager rocket Wheeler. We were in the middle of a horrible Horrible slump. It was it was a slump-filled season, and I will yeah. say he walked in one day through the lineup card at me and went, "You want to ride it out today?" So <laughs> it's possible you may get it someday.
1: So I got to wait did, for like I a fifteen. I have to no, wait no, for no. a fifteen-game losing streak yes, is what exactly. you're telling me. Yeah, and you're well. going to be to sixteen-game losing. Streak right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but but I'll miss those things. Like uh, there was an exhibition game where George had to fly back for his uh, for his daughter's uh, graduation. And I, there was something I had always wanted to do that I knew I would never get a chance to do. And that was manage a game. And I asked him, I said, hey, I know you won't be here. Do you mind? I'd love to manage a game. He did not hesitate. He looked at me and he said, for sure. And that's it was the greatest. Awesome. Like it was one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, just because you're never in the dugout, right? You don't right. know what that's about. And so it just, like, I'll miss that. I'll miss that relationship. Our, our, our hitting coach and our pitching coach, Oli Sheldon and Kerry Leitenberg. Kerry Leitenberg, former major leaguer yeah. with the Atlanta Braves. Um Like after batting practice was over, I'd go into the coach's room and just to chat with those two guys, not even about baseball, right? I I got I got stock tips from Oli, who's an econ teacher. Uh, Lighty and I would talk about everything under the sun. One of the smartest guys I've ever been around. Like I'll miss that; those relationships, right? The players were great, but you know the players are going to come and go the the manager who's around for 14 years and the coaches who were there for you know 7 to 9 years and both who played for the St. Paul Saints like that's what I'll miss because I know what affiliated ball Toby's not going to be our manager for 14 years, right? That's not his goal. The coaching staff's not going to be around for that long. That when I was in Fort Myers, I had three managers in four years. Like I understand what I'm getting myself yeah. into with that. So that's what I'll miss, to be to be very honest.
0: Okay. I've only got one more real question, and then yeah. Sam's got his last one. But yeah. now I have to ask: did you win the game that you managed?
1: Yeah. So yes! uh, I mean, I could, I could tell the story and, and say we won 13 to one, which we did. Ah! Well, actually, I think, I think we shut him out. But there's the caveat and I'll be honest. I'll be very <laughs> honest. We, the, every year we play a, uh, a barnstorming game. Barnstorming was big in, in, in the Midwest where teams yeah. went around to different cities and play. So every year the saints played a town ball all-star team. So these are guys that, you know, maybe one or two guys were actually an affiliated ball, but most guys, most guys fade, you know, faded out after college. Uh, and in my time, we won every town ball game except for one where we actually tied. Um, but, but so it pretty much was a given we were going to win that game. Hey,
0: a win's but, a win.
1: But I told yeah. our third base coach, which is our hitting coach, Oli Sheldon, I said, I don't care what the score is. You keep waving those guys around. <laughs> uh, this is my one shot. We're not holding guys up just because we want to make the other team feel better. So you wave them around in, in, until the, the last out is recorded. I don't care.
2: So. I, hey you somebody know, has to coach the globetrotters you know that's
1: exactly right.
0: exactly i yeah. was just gonna say when i brought you on and said longtime legend i did not realize like literally the greatest winning percentage in the history of professional baseball managerial careers sean aronson yeah, i have yeah. no idea
1: i knew when to hang him up and <laughs> when you're undefeated that's when you walk away and i really hope they retire my number someday <laughs>
0: Sean, the uh, the ballpark looks amazing. And I remember when the ballpark opened, um, there was a lot of conversation about like this place. I mean, are they angling for affiliated ball there someday? Because this is going to be nicer than any ballpark in affiliated ball. And it just looks every picture that I've ever seen, every video, every highlight, you know, the the shots, the promotional shots that uh, the Ben got for his story with the skyline in the background. It looks amazing. Um, Tell us about CHS Field.
1: It is amazing. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Look, it's we wanted to be a part of the neighborhood. We didn't want to be the neighborhood. And I don't know if that makes sense to most people. But look, you can easily build a ballpark in a neighborhood and it just overtakes everything. Uh, And I think Derek mentioned this in the article that that you guys have been talking about. You don't know you're in a ballpark until you're right up to the gates. You're driving two, three blocks away and you don't realize a ballpark is there. I think that the architecture firm, the design firm that created this, did an incredible job of incorporating the neighborhood into the ballpark. A matter of fact, there are lower town uh, artist lofts that, that are just across the street. If you go into those lofts and flipped the lofts inside out, that's what the beginning part of our ballpark looks like they took the wood soffit they took the black poles and they utilize that into the ballpark and as you and it's very interesting and most people will never ever ever know this but it starts that way basically on the right field side when you walk in Uh, and as you go out towards the outfield and dead center it becomes more lush and more green to incorporate uh there's a, a nature preserve out beyond our ballpark so it incorporates uh, the lower town area on one side, and the nature preserve in the other. By the way, the ballpark was built. It, it's, it, it really is. It's, it's, it's fantastic job that they've done. But you know, again, it's most people when they get there, we we draw over eight thousand for a ballpark that seats seventy two ten. Half of them are sitting in their seats. I mean, most people. It is a place to congregate. It is a place to go. It is a place to hang out. Uh, I, I realize those thoughts scare a lot of people right now, but at some point, right. Uh, but that's what it is. It, it's not, it's never been a place where people went to quote unquote, watch baseball. Now that's going to change a little bit again with the cross-section of fans. Uh, but it is, it's the place to be seen is really what it's turned into be.
2: Right, Sean, we'll, we'll end on these two. You guys are now entering the triple A East, which is one of the biggest minor leagues. I think, we've ever seen, 20 teams. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a little different in 2021. Travel is going to be very regionalized as much as it can be in AAA. But you guys are, are the new guys in town no matter what. There's a couple other teams involved. Omaha's coming over, yeah. Iowa, what have you. But when you guys look at, like, who your rival is going to be, have you guys decided that yet? Like, how is that just going to look? You
0: anybody in red on the be? schedule? Like, we're going yeah.
1: to
2: no. – Yeah, yeah.
1: As as far as a rival goes, well, the two rival. I mean, I, Iowa's going to be the 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 one, right? They're the closest. Yeah, take um, that, take that out. That's right. Goin', you know, radio guys. <laughs> they've you know they've got the Cubs name, and, and and the Cubs are are pretty big nationally. So I mean, I think you you'll you'll circle that. Uh, Omaha being the second closest team to us. Um, I think those two. Um, you know, because we're not going to most of these places this year. I haven't really scanned the entire uh, league and said. I can't wait to go there because I hear it's a great city. The, the two places that I, that I want to go to, I've only been to Nashville once, but, but I enjoyed it there. Um, I am, I am neither a drinker or a country music fan, and I enjoyed <laughs> Nashville. So that tells you all you need to know about Nashville. Although, you know what I really want, and it does not exist. I want a Smashville shirt that is not related to the Predators. I just want a shirt that says Smashville. Oh, there you go.
0: Interesting.
1: But they don't sell them. Uh, again, being from Los huh. Angeles, I'm a huge Kings fan. I refuse to wear anybody else's gear, yeah. right? So yeah. I, I just won't do it. Like um, so, And the other place I'm looking forward to, yeah, right? The, the other place I'm looking forward to going, believe it or not, is Lehigh Valley. Again, I got my start in Allentown, yeah. Pennsylvania, yeah. which is Lehigh Valley. I promise you that area has not seen anybody that's actually worked for that organization in, in baseball anywhere else. Uh, and to be able to go there, uh, you know, we played in one of the worst ballparks I've ever been a part of. Uh, it was called Arena Baseball because there was a netting over the left field wall, much like an arena football. And you could play the ball off the wow. netting. It was exactly like, it was just, um, so I'm looking forward to going back there just because that's where it basically all began for me. Uh, and I've heard their ballpark is beautiful. And, and, and so, and again, it won't happen this year. Uh, hopefully in 2022 you're traveling everywhere my big worry and this to be very honest with you this is my big worry this year uh, because you hear a lot of rumors is that no broadcasters are traveling this year that that is part of the rumors i've heard and again it's hard to argue when the mlb guys aren't traveling and then you're like well the minor league guys can travel so um so that's sort of disappointing if that's actually the case and if it is the case i'm hoping it's only for like the first couple of months and then it's but, but nobody really knows. So I'm putting this into the ethos out there. If anybody who's with MLB is listening to this, please let us travel. Please, I'm begging you, let us travel, right?
2: So. Well, well, we'll put it put it this way, whether you're at CHS Field or at another park, like wherever you are, when you get that first call, mm-hmm. like your first game as an affiliate, it's a 2021 season, have you already envisioned what that's going to be? Like thought it out or you somebody's writes it down mm-hmm. or – what is that moment going no, to be? No, I right don't. Through?
1: I don't script anything. Not, not at all. I, I I've never scripted anything. I will never script anything. Um, it, our first game is a home game, so you know we, we open up at CHS Field. So the first game in in Saints history will be a home game. You know, I'm I'm honestly I'm probably not going to make too much of it. Right? It's it's you, you can't treat it any differently than you do any other game. I, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to allude to the transition from independent ball to affiliated ball at some point, you know, you bring that up in a broadcast. Uh, But I, I mean, our pregame show on TV. So every game for us is televised uh, every game. And I, I don't do the pregame show on, on radio. I I let uh, uh, a broadcast assistant handle that, but uh, our pregame show on TV is two and a half minutes long. I mean, it's, we go on at seven o'clock game time, seven Oh five type of thing. Um, So there's not a lot of time to, you know, paint this beautiful picture. So honestly, I'm not going to treat it any differently because again, it's, it's baseball. People are excited. Uh, You know, again, more people are going to be tuned in and and watching, but you can't let the moment overwhelm you. And and it's, it's, I'm not going to dumb it down either. You know, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but, but I'm not going to make it this grandiose moment uh, like it's Game 7 of the World Series. Although I would love to call it Game 7 of the World Series someday. So, <laughs> so you can make that happen. You
0: never know. You might be yeah. doing it across town sometime.
1: I, I'm going to make a prediction. Can I make a prediction yeah, on, on your please show? Yeah, and, and,
0: please do. And,
1: and you, can, you can go back to this when all this is said and done. Write it down. You can call me out if I'm wrong on this. But I'm going out on a limb this year. This year. Because of the affiliation with the St. Saint Paul Saints, the Minnesota Twins will win at least one playoff game this year. Okay oh and, okay and the, as the saints i will do nothing but take all the credit in the world for it so
2: i really wanted to know how big this was going to get <laughs> and i know the twins recent history like one playoff one is but i'm just saying big. right like it's everybody good, says
1: a step well it's got to end sometime right and they've lost what is it 18 in a row i think yeah, it is i believe
0: is. it is the longest losing freaking american professional. North,
1: yeah north american is, but but I'm just saying, every every year, everybody says, "Well, it's got to end this year," and it's never ended. I'm saying this year, not okay. right, the next time they get into the playoffs. I'm saying they get into the playoffs In this 2021. Year. It's 2021, happened. the playoff drought ends this year. I'm not saying they're winning a series or anything like that. Although I hope they do, but they will win at least one game. And I, as the Saint Paul Saints. Because I do run our Twitter account as well, we'll take all the credit in the world for this. All you. And overshadow the fact the Twins won a playoff game and right. keep all the praise on the St. Saint Paul right. Saints. Just the it,
0: the morning after that win, that's right. it's just at Twins, you're welcome. Yeah,
1: that's, that's right. all you,
0: gotta, that's all you and, gotta
1: do. And the Twins that day will ask to end the affiliation with the St. Saint Paul Saints <laughs> <at that point. laughs> It was a brief, beautiful marriage. That's right. That's right. I will single handedly. <laughs> Make it crumble to the ground. Ruin this and burn for everyone. That's right. For sure. <laughs>
0: well, you heard it all here first. Sean Harrison, who's the director of broadcasting and media relations for the new AAA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins, the St. Paul Saints. Sean, uh, congrats on uh, on the move and and being able to handle everything to this point. It's gonna be an insane next six weeks, I'm sure. But uh best of luck and enjoy every minute of it, man. We'll be following along.
1: Tyler, Sam, thank you very much, and, and I hope this has now opened the door for more broadcasters to get some uh, airtime with you guys. If not, uh, I have no problem uh, having a weekly segment with you guys. I you have joined
0: a very elite group, and we might just bring you on. Next, we're going to have to bring on Alex Cohen, the radio voice of the Iowa Cubs. That's right. Because you've called out the iCubs, so now we're, we're just manufacturing the rivalries on the show.
1: Yeah, there's already been jokes about uh, uh, fastballs being thrown at each other in the press box. I I said my off-speed changeup is all I've got. So um, 30, 40 miles an hour, maybe.
2: Hey,
0: it works. If it's any kind of bruise, it works. Sean, thanks, man. This is great. Thank you,
1: guys. Final
0: segment of this week's episode of the show before the show. But before we get out of here, we're going to roll out the first of six... Editions of this segment called um, better know an affiliate structure. We're going to take the old Colbert rapport uh, segment naming theme. Um, the new partnerships across major league and minor league baseball. We broke down on miob.com when they were announced on February 12th, but. If you didn't have a chance to read them, the world is busy. Uh, we're going to go through each team division by division. We're going to start this thing off with a division near and dear to my heart, the National League West, home to the Arizona Diamondbacks, Colorado Rockies, Los Angeles Dodgers, the San Diego Padres, and the San Francisco Giants. And uh, Sam, how should we do this? We want to alternate teams and run down let's the a, list.
2: For- let's alternate. I'll, I'll start with Arizona, okay. so that way you can get the second team, and we'll go back uh, Yeah. It. <laughs> all right, so starting with the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, we got the Reno Aces as the AAA affiliate. Uh, the Amarillo Sod Poodles joining the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, organization. They will be Double AA. Uh, High A will be the Hillsborough Hops, and then low A will be the Visalia Rawhide. Rawhide used to be the Class A Advanced affiliate. They get bumped down. That's going to kind of be a theme as we go through here. Um, one thing to, to know about this is that all the AAA teams in this group are part of the AAA West, I believe. Uh, yeah, they yeah. are. And uh, all the low A teams are part of what used to be the California League. Um, but so th- there is a little bit of shuffle here, but a lot of these teams you will be fairly familiar with. So Tyler, you take away. And
0: me. Hillsboro, formerly a-, a short season team in the Northwest League now moving up. Exactly. Uh, to yes. high A, Colorado Rockies' top two affiliates do not change. The Albuquerque Isotopes triple a and the Hartford Yard Goats at AA. Uh, one of the most far-flung uh, minor league alignments in baseball. A new high A affiliate for the Rockies, the Spokane Indians, uh, formerly members of the Northwest League, like the Hillsboro Hops. Uh, and the low A affiliate, formerly in the AAA Pacific Coast League, is the Fresno Grizzlies, who were kind of one of the last dominoes to fall in place uh, for the the affiliate shuffle. But Fresno now is Colorado's low A team.
2: Uh, moving on to the Los Angeles Dodgers, a lot of similar feelings here. Again, the low A and high A team have flipped, but Oklahoma City uh, sticking around as the A affiliate Tulsa drillers, sticking around at AA. Uh Great Lakes Loons are now the high A affiliate, and the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes at low A. Uh, one thing I, I like that this story points out is it might be one of the most spread out farm systems in baseball, uh, kind of compared to the the Colorado Rockies. It, You're going from the Dodgers in L.A. all the way over to Oklahoma City, all the way down to Tulsa, all the way up to Great Lakes, and then back all the way to the West Coast in Rancho Cucamona. But there is some consistency here, and these are all teams that know the Dodger system, know it well. Uh, So it is kind of nice to see that the four affiliates are sticking with their parent club uh, here. Now, obviously, the Dodgers have had a lot of success in this pipeline, so why change a bad thing?
0: Yeah. One of the things that's interesting, we heard so much about how uh, geographical structure was a large element in realignment uh, among major league and minor league partnerships. And the national league West doesn't really reflect that quite as well as some of the other divisions, because um, you know, once you get past really the Mississippi, there's sort of a dearth of minor league teams uh, in the Midwest and especially in the Rocky mountain region um, that now really doesn't have anything outside of Albuquerque. So uh, it's uh, interesting in the national league West to see how these stack up San Diego, San Diego, Somewhat similarly uh, with the Dodgers, three teams pretty much out West quote unquote. And then one in the Midwest, a former Midwest league team like great lakes, but San Diego from the top down goes triple a El Paso a team that has been uh, the Padres triple a affiliate for quite some time. Then double a San Antonio, which was formerly a double a team formerly a Padres affiliate. Then it moved up to triple a was affiliated with the Brewers now back in double a and in the San Diego organization class a Fort Wayne, now a high a team formerly in the Midwest league. That's the high a squad for San Diego. And then Lake Elsinore, the Storm, formerly the high A affiliate for the Padres, now Low a former member of the California League.
2: And we'll round this out with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, yeah, very west-
0: extremely uh, disparate geographic organization, the Giants. Well,
2: I was going to say, there's actually a really close really feel here. Yeah. So you start out with the Sacramento Rivercats at AAA sticking around in the Giants system. Only 84 miles between Sacramento and Oracle Park. That's exactly what this whole restructure was about, was making sure that clubs like that are close by. And then the AA team is all the way over uh, in Richmond with the Flying Squirrels. They stay around at AA, 2,865 miles to Oracle Park, so a big stretch there. Uh, High A will be the Eugene Emeralds. That's new uh, that Eugene is jumping up a couple levels there to to move to high A. And then San Jose gets bumped down uh, to low A, San Jose being only 52 miles to the park so you have 84 miles 52 miles 527 and 2865 uh if you're riding that triple double a uh express it's it's you're going to rack up some miles there for sure but otherwise i think it is very beneficial to have sacramento paired up with san francisco here that's going to make things so much easier and then to have san jose right right nearby i think is going to be a boon for them i mean how could it be anybody else about the San Jose Giants pairing up with the San Francisco Giants.
0: It'd be very awkward if they were the Giants and they were trying to hang out with somebody else. San Jose has that
2: happened before? Well, the Spokane Indians.
0: Yeah, true. Although their team name goes back so far, I think Spokane even claims—I may have this wrong—but claims to predate Cleveland in uh, its name possibly i may have that wrong um but was it's also was a very years. different
2: relationship we should point right
0: exactly and that's something that i think uh is important to point out rockies fans i think have been uh at times have thought oh man they you know took on a team with a a native moniker do uh some reading about the spokane uh indians franchise and its relationship with the spokane indian tribe it is fascinating it is the way those partnerships should go uh, if they are going to exist. Spokane Indians are are an incredibly well-run organization. It's going to be really cool to see them in full season ball. And their relationship with the local tribes is really fascinating as well. Um, Tribal artists who have contributed to their logos and their uniforms. And um, they have Salish, uh, the written language for the Spokane tribe, uh, Salish signage around the ballpark and um, some really good ties. There's a a New York Times story from a couple years ago that was uh, very well done about that. Benjamin Hill has written some brilliant stuff on that relationship so that's something to take into account too um but that are those are the now 20 minor league teams under the umbrella of the national league west next week we'll move into the national league central or i don't know maybe we'll do the american league west sam picks these things
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll do the national league central how about
0: okay that? we'll go senior circuit first yeah yes yeah how about that yeah yeah that's a very like 1890s joke the senior circuit man they get first dues all right obviously tired and busy. He's Sam Baxter. I'm Tyler Vaughn. We'll talk to you next week.